Hey, we're in this series called Listen Well and Speak Slowly, and really it's not a teaching series, it's a prayer series, and it's really not a series, it's just a time for us to pray. Uh, And I I just want to share a few thoughts, and then tonight we're going to pray. Those of you who were here last week, um, you know that we spent like 20 plus minutes in quiet and uh, just praying with some prayer prompts on the screen. We'll do some of that tonight, and then we'll also spend a little bit of time praying together. Here's what you need to hear. Just be free tonight. When we ask you to go and pray a certain way, please know that that's an invitation to you. But man, if you just need time to pray on your own tonight and just be with God, there's a little prayer area back there with the Christmas lights and my friend Steve Papoulias standing there. He's the bouncer, so he may or may not let you in. Um, (laughs) If your name's on the list, you can go pray back there. Um, Or if you need to go outside and just kind of look at the sky or whatever, a bunch of you guys did that last week as well. So just be free. Uh, Meet with God however you want to. And if the God thing is new to you, if like you're just here because a friend invited you, you don't have to do any of that. Just sit, listen, enjoy the music, um, enjoy the air conditioning, right, Uh, as I am today. Uh, when I was a freshman in college, I've always had allergies my entire life. In my freshman year, uh, it w- my allergies were worse than ever. It was absolutely by far the worst year of allergies I have ever had. I could not function. I was taking like, I, I mean, I was high on NyQuil all the time and Benadryl. I was mixing stuff. I think I was a drug addict without knowing it. Uh, went to the doctors. I was like, I don't care what, just shoot me up with whatever. This is so bad. And I remember one day, um, everyone can see it on my face, you know, my eyes are all bloodshot red and puffy and snot everywhere. It's just gross, and I'm sneezing all the time. And the guy who was the college pastor at my church at the time came over to me one day at church, and he said, hey, uh, I want to, you have allergies, right? And I was like, well, you're a smart guy. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And he says, I want to pray. I want to pray for your allergies. I want them to get better. And for me, I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like not the sort of person I am. They're just allergies. Does God really care about my allergies? That's what I'm thinking, but, you know, I'm 18, and he's my pastor, so I was like, yes, pray for me. And, uh, and I kid you not, this is what he does. He, <laughs> he takes his two fingers, right, his thumb and his, uh, his pointer finger, and he puts them right here. He, like, I, I, I've always worn glasses, so he, like, takes my glasses off, and he puts his fingers right here on my nose and just squeezes. I'm like, what is happening right now? And he's just, like, squeezing, and then he just starts praying. It's like, Lord, I just pray against these allergies. And I kid you not, I don't know why this was happening. As he was getting more and more passionate about his prayer, he was squeezing harder and harder. So I was thinking to myself, he's not praying my allergies out of me. He is squeezing my allergies out of me. And this is the funny thing. For like two weeks after he prayed for me, my allergies were like awesome. They were gone. I'm not kidding you guys. It was amazing. No more allergies. And I was telling everybody, I was like, oh yeah, Jonathan prayed for me and I'm feeling amazing. God is real, you guys. You know, like praise Jesus for the first time because my allergies, it was amazing, right? And, and he's stoked, and he's, I mean, he, I, he was using it as an example in some of his messages, you know, like, like the power of prayer, we prayed for Jay's allergies, and look at him now, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then two weeks later, my allergies came back, and they were bad, they were like as bad as ever. And I did not have it in me to tell him. And so I remember this weird pressure of showing up to church sometimes, and when I would see him, I would like wipe my face clean, and be like, hey, what's going on, man? 
I'm doing great. Thanks for praying for me. And then he would leave with like, <laughs> just allergies all over again. And I remember telling a friend of mine at the time, I was like, dude, uh, Jonathan prayed for me. I got way better, and I, I just thought, like, amazing. God is amazing. He shows up. He gives us what we need. He is our provider, Jehovah Jireh, all this stuff. But what happened? Why are my allergies back? And uh, he was like, man, bro, you get my friend is like, you can't think that way. And I was like, uh, well, I do think that way. So, I mean, I don't, what are you saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not doing well, man. I'm not good right now. I was good, and now I'm not good. And then he quoted Thomas Merton totally out of context. But the quote has stuck with me. My friend said, well, you know what Thomas Merton said? And I was like, I don't know who Thomas Merton is, dude. He said, a saint is not someone who is good, but experiences the goodness of God. And he said, so, yeah, you might not be good right now, but you just got to experience God's goodness. And I was like, bro, that makes no sense whatsoever, what you're saying right now. But the quote stuck with me. And, and the quote is connected for me in my understanding of prayer because of this really odd circumstance when I was a freshman in college. And here is what I have learned over the years. That when it comes to prayer... Often my first posture, my only posture, is a posture of open hands wanting to receive what it is I need or want. And often as I pray, what is filled into my hands is not the thing I thought I needed or wanted to be satisfied. What is filled into my hands is simply the goodness of God. Often I pray and I walk away from the prayer with my situation or circumstance unresolved, not fixed, still crappy. The sickness still lingers, cancer still kills, marriages still break, relationships are still torn apart. I still get the D on the test. San Jose State, back to school, right? <laughs> And yet what is filled into my hands is not the stuff I wanted. It is simply the, the goodness of God. All summer we've been journeying through this letter from Paul to the Colossian church. And as he concludes the letter in chapter 4, verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Devote yourselves to prayer. And then he says, Being watchful and thankful. Tonight we're going to pray through the second chapter, and here is my hope for all of us as we pray. Would you cease, would you cease to make longing and wanting, fulfilling your desires and needs, the primary posture of your heart as you pray? And would you make your first posture, your first priority in prayer tonight, would you make it simply to experience the goodness of God? Could we pray, God, you may not fix, on the surface, you may not fix my problems tonight, but please do not pass me by without allowing me to experience and feel and know your goodness. Here's um, what Paul says in parts of chapter 2, which is the chapter we're going to pray through tonight. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. 
Verses 9 and 10, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. And then in verses 13 and 14, Paul writes, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he, Jesus, has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Could this be our center as we pray? Our hearts full of gratitude at the amazing truth that even when we feel most empty, we are full. And what fullness means is that the grave no longer has a hold on our eternity. And we are alive in Jesus. We are alive today, and we will be alive for all of eternity. And as you pray, would you allow that time to draw you close to the goodness of God? Slow down. Don't say so much. Listen well. Speak slowly. Let the goodness of God surround you and shape you and change you. Richard Foster says that the primary purpose of prayer is to bring us into such a life of communion with the Father that by the power of the Spirit, we are increasingly conformed to the image of the Son. And so we're going to give you a moment, just a few moments here, quietly on your own. You can stay in your chair. You can find another part of the room. You can hang out back there in the prayer area. You can pray outside if you want to. You can walk around in the back, whatever you need to do, but find some space for you to just focus and center yourself on God and his goodness. I want to put the passage back up, Colossians 2. And these are the words of Paul, and we are going to pray through three key points, thankfulness, fullness, and being alive in Jesus. Thankfulness, fullness, and being alive. So in a moment, we're going to turn these stage lights down. There's just going to be some light background music, and you're going to see prompts on the screen that will lead you to praying through thankfulness, fullness, and being made alive in Jesus. If you're at a place right now, again, where this whole prayer thing is new and strange, just sit back and enjoy the space. Enjoy the quiet. We don't have quiet space in our lives nearly often enough. A little bit later tonight, we're going to pray with one another. But if you're in a position right now where you're like, I need prayer right now, I'll be in the back. Maybe Ryan will be in the back as well, and um, we can meet with you. We'd love to, to sit with you and, and pray with you and for you if you need that. If you're here with somebody and you just feel like, man, I, gotta, I know we're going to pray together later, but I've got I to gotta pray with you now, do that. Find some space. There's, just, there's freedom here. No one has to do anything, and yet you are invited to do everything and anything. So let me pray, and then you'll see some prompts on the screen come up um, every couple of minutes, and we'll pray quietly on our own, uh, and then I'll come back up and share a few more thoughts, and we'll pray again. God, we are um, grateful for 
your goodness. And so often we long for you to come and fix things and change things and resolve things and make things better. But tonight, we confess that your goodness is all we need, that you are all we need, that when you, in all of your goodness and glory and might and love and mercy, fill our lives, our lives naturally become what they've always um, been meant to be. So God, we surrender ourselves to you. We want our hearts to be thankful. We want to experience fullness. And we want to celebrate that we are alive in you. And we want to pray that that same life, eternal life through your son Jesus, penetrates the hearts and lives of those we know who do not know you. So be with us and in us. Be our first and our last here in these next few moments as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God, we are uh, grateful. We're thankful here in this place. We're grateful for your son, Jesus, and the fullness that we have in him, that your fullness, God, is in him, your son, and that same fullness is in us, that even when we feel empty and worn out and drained, that you are right there to fill us up in ways that may not make sense to us, but in ways that our souls so deeply need and are hungry and thirsty for. And we're grateful, God, that we have life because of the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, that we are made uh, alive in and through him. So God, our, our hearts are full of gratitude tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Ryan mentioned James chapter 5 earlier tonight. And there's something really beautiful about the sort of prayer that James talks about in chapter 5. And we're going to practice this tonight. This is James 5, 13 to 16. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This passage could be like a month-long teaching series. There's so much jam-packed in here, but let's just simplify tonight. James is imploring us, encouraging, challenging us to pray for one another. And there's something really important that happens in us when we pray, not for ourselves, but for one another. It reminds us that while we are beloved, while we are known and embraced and cherished by God, while, yes, he knows how many hairs are on your head, he knew your name and your story before you were in your mother's womb. Yes, those things are true. But praying for one another reminds us that those things are true also of every other human being on the planet. It reminds us that we are a part of a much larger story. 
It reminds us that our arms are strong enough not just to pull ourselves up through life, but to push others as well. I have a friend who went to Outside Lands, the music festival in San Francisco a couple weeks ago, and she was watching a band called Young the Giant. And during, during the concert, during this, the show, she heard like a commotion to the right side of the crowd. She's trying to figure out what it was, and she saw, and it was so compelling, she pulled out her phone and took this picture. There was a guy in a wheelchair trying to watch Young the Giant with thousands and thousands of people standing around, and he could not see. And so a few people in the crowd decided to pick him up. And this is what my friend Roxanne saw. This is James 5. That our arms, our shoulders are strong enough to lift not just ourselves, but others. That we may not know each other deeply in this room. How could we? There are tons of us in here. How could we all know all, all of the I mean, it's just not possible. But when we pray together, when we pray for one another, we become so deeply intrinsically tied into the stories of each other. The arms lifting this young man in his wheelchair. The anonymous arms of strangers who you and I cannot see, are the arms of men and women that this young man will never forget. And when we pray for one another, we have an opportunity to tie our stories into the stories of the other. And it reminds us that God is doing a work bigger than we thought. And so we're going to pray for each other tonight. Again, there is freedom in this room. Maybe this is so strange to you and you're feeling so incredibly uncomfortable. I would invite you, dig deep and sink into the discomfort and just try it. But if there's something in you that's like, no, I absolutely cannot, I get it. It's okay. You can go in the back and pray on your own or pray outside. There's some people praying outside now, which is a beautiful sight. But I would invite you, if you can, to pray with one another. There are going to be some prayer points for the church, some things that Ryan uh, talked about. Prayer for our one-year anniversary and the launch of our morning service. Prayer for missional communities. Prayer for people to step in and serve in different areas, kids, vibe, and space. Um, but I would like you to begin by sharing just briefly, just in a sentence or two, ways in which you can pray for each other. Just share a prayer request or two. And it can be vague and ambigu ambiguous, like you don't know each other. So maybe you don't want to say, like, well, this deeply personal thing. I get that. And it could be as simple as just saying, God just needs to do some healing in my heart. Or there's just some, some physical stuff I'm going through and I need God to show up. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for healing. There's some brokenness in your home. I mean, as much or as little detail as you want. 
And so in a moment, I'm going to ask you to get together. Oh, this is so scary, right? It's going to be so good. To get together with like two or three other people just sitting around you. Maybe you know them well. Maybe you don't know them at all. But just get together with a couple of people. And the prayer points will be, Chris, can we just get those up on the screen, actually? Um, Pray for each other's prayer requests, our one year and 1030, start a missional communities, and then increased involvement in, um, in serving. And you don't have to get to everything, but begin by praying, sharing and praying for each other. And then uh, we'll spend some moments doing this, right? Showing up in our wheelchair, admitting that we need help, and then lifting each other up. Maybe you don't like Young the Giant, and so that's a bad example, but think of your favorite band and that's Jesus right singing away and you want to see him so lift each other up uh, and then and if you have some time pray for these things and then Ryan and the guys are going to come up in a moment and uh, when they start singing just wrap up whenever you need to wrap up and and we'll sing our way out of here good yeah two of you two of you are stoked the rest of you are like okay when's he going to stop talking so I could walk out of here you guys ready? Steve the bouncer is going to be back at the door now, so he will not let you leave. That's, that's not true. Um, <laughs> all right, you ready? Two, three people next to you, share some requests, and pray for each other. Lift each other up. Ready, go.